Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We are so happy to have you here today. You are watching or listening to USA Global TV and Radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. Our show today is Global Adventures. And if you want to find out what's going on in the rest of the world, please join us each and every other week for this fabulous show. The story of our show is Janetta Barry. She is currently in Africa. She just got married. Yay. And she sends me the most incredible pictures of what is going on there. We also have a fabulous guest who has been on some of our other shows. And she is also a world traveler and an author. And she's going to be sharing her life stories when it comes to traveling and travel memoirs. But first, let's bring out the star of our show, Janetta Barry and the Epiphany Process. Hello. Hello, Dr. Jacqueline, and hello to our viewers and listeners. It's great to be back with this show, which I just think is such a heart-opening and, and enlivening show. Absolutely. And for those who don't know, it's Wednesdays with Janetta. We start off in the morning with the art of creating mental health wealth. Go right into Janetta's expert presentations on Talking Heads and now to Global Adventures. So Janetta, I'm super excited for this particular episode because as you know, travel makes the world go round and round and round and people live vicariously by seeing the beautiful pictures like what you shared with me about the elephant, that video that was priceless. So I'm going to turn the show over to you to introduce our guest and enjoy yourselves and, and to everybody else they're watching listening thank you so much for being here Janetta thank you Dr Jacqueline so for any of our new uh, listeners and viewers today's show is not a travel show it's not about where to go and where to book in and who, who to know and what to do today's show is about adventures sharing adventures sharing experiences sharing feelings of those experiences and, and, and adventures and being able to, to hear more about the ins and outs of, of a place that somebody's been to rather than just the glossy magazine uh, expose. So today is really so inspiring because our guest has traveled the world and she I'm so looking forward to getting to know her that much more today uh, after our, our show because Sherry Knowlton is an award-winning uh, author of the successful Alexa Williams suspense novels 
and now non-fiction memoirs. Now that's what we're all about here today. And doing all my research on her, I, I, I immediately warmed to Sherry from the start because one of her things is to do things out, outside of her comfort zone. And I so love that. So that's all part of, I'm sure, her non-fiction memoirs. And she developed a lifelong passion for books as a child. She was that kid, you know, that one who'd sneak a flashlight to bed at night so she could read beneath the covers. And all the local librarians know, knew her by name when she was growing up. Uh, Sherry is now retired from executive positions in state government and the health insurance industry. And she runs now her own healthcare consulting business. And when she's not traveling around the world, Sherry and her husband, Mike, live in the mountains near Carlisle in Pennsylvania. So without any more ado, welcome, Sherry. Well, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. I'm excited oh, I... to, to talk about travel, one of my favorite oh. things to do. Wonderful. And I know you're a seasoned uh, guest here now on USA Global TV. So it's an honor and pleasure to have us have you on our show here at Global Adventures. And and Sherry, I, I wanted to start the ball rolling. You obviously started off first with your suspense novels all based around in the area you're living. Is that correct? Yes, Um Almost. Um, but yes, I started off with suspense novels. Um, I've written five so far uh, called the it's called the Alexa Williams. Sorry, my ear thing. Um, the Alexa Williams suspense series. Uh, and the first four are all based here in the local area where I live, which is South Central Pennsylvania. Some uh, near Gettysburg, Carlisle, some people might know the area. On the fifth novel, though, I took my heroine, Alexa, to Africa on uh, an adventure in Botswana. So that's the one exception. I, I actually did see that and forgot that it was a suspense and not a memoir. So you, you're mm -hmm. educating me. Th that is amazing because uh, my son, Neil, has spent eight years living in Maun. Uh, until oh. this year when he moved to the Mozambique borders. So I know Botswana fairly well as well. So I can't wait to re-read that one as well. So oh, great. Sherry, let's get into it. What what what's this about travel? Had you always wanted to travel? Did you how did you get into traveling and what inspired you? Well, you know, as I was writing my travel, um, it, it's called a memoir because it's about my travels. Um, but but the, the first few chapters, um, or I should say they, because it's, it's, it's two parts, two, two different books. Um, as I was starting, I had to reflect on this. You know, how did I really come to be a traveler? Uh, and I think it evolved from my reading because uh, as a small girl, I lived in a small town uh, and my parents were not big travelers. Uh, my grandmother would take my brother and me on an occasional trip to visit a relative or to a national park on the East Coast or something. But I didn't really get to travel at all. Uh, but everything I read about uh, in uh, books, I said, I want to go there. I want to go there. 
I want to go there. Um, and I got my first real chance to travel um, the summer after I graduated from college. Um, my husband, that was back in the, the days of peace and music. <laughs> and my husband and I had a hippie van, I guess you could call it. And we jumped in it and spent months traveling around the United States. And when we came home, we were hooked. We were hooked on travel. Yeah, the, the bug had bitten. <laughs> that, that's yeah. amazing. And to give us an overview before we go into more specifics, where have you traveled around the world? Have you lost count or? Oh, um, I guess I think we've been in, um, first of all, in the United States, every state except Hawaii. Um, we haven't made it overseas yet um, to uh, to the, the island. Uh, but outside the United States, I think we've traveled to 50 countries-ish, um, every continent except Antarctica. Uh, and um, I guess the place, places we've been most outside the United States uh, it's a it's changed over the years, but um, we were went uh, we used to sail for a while, so we spent a lot of time in the Caribbean. Um, but uh, Africa is the place uh, we and I know Africa is a big continent, so I should probably say East Africa and Southern Africa um, are the places we return to again and again. Uh, we've been on safari, I think seven times um but we've been to europe uh we've been to indonesia and southeast asia we've been to new zealand um polynesia um but our list uh is expanding and continues to say oh we should go there too so it's it's a, amazing it's a work in process I, I I just love it, and I, I, it doesn't surprise me that you say where you're drawn to most is sub-Saharan Africa, because because East Africa and the and and the south of it is all encapsulated with that that name, and I feel exactly the same. I'm a little bit biased because I, I was born in Africa, Africa, uh, which isn't a country. But I was born in Africa, raised in Africa, and it's definitely in, in my blood. So I wanted to ask you if we hone in to Africa because of you saying it's where, where you're most drawn to, where in, in that, the parts you've been to do you find you identify the most? What's your most favorite parts? I would say my favorite place of all is Botswana, the Okavanga Delta. Um, it, to me, it's, uh, you know, almost like paradise on earth. Uh, and uh, I really love it there. Uh, and we're, in fact, going back this coming summer. Uh, we just finished putting the, the final uh, details, uh, organizing the, a trip, which because you, what, as you know, I'm sure, um, often when you're traveling to, to uh, on safari, you have to book very early in order to get the itinerary that you might want. Although you can also yeah. usually find a place on a group tour at the last moment. Um, I, 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 Kenya is your home, right? Where, where you were yeah. born? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I really like Kenya, the Maasai Mara. 
Um, there's a camp there called Governor's Camp, which to me is sort of old style Africa, you know, tents on the ground. You have to watch out for hippos going through at night. Uh, and, uh, you know, I really like that part of, of Kenya, although I've been to several other parks there. Um, Tanzania is nice, but um, it, it, since we'd been there several times, we wanted to try something else. And that's why we uh, went to, um, to Southern Africa for the first time and found out that um, while it's a little more expensive, I must admit, <laughs> it also, yeah. with that, you come, uh, it comes with lots of space. Uh, and not yes. as big a crowds. And so we've really uh, been attracted to, to that um, more. Um, although uh, we just went, when people say to us, well, we've never been to Africa. Would you be interested in going back? Um, we'll say, well, well why not? Uh, and we took, uh, not took, but went with a, a whole family group uh, just a, a, right before COVID um, that, you know, we just went back to Kenya and Tanzania and had a wonderful time there too. Yeah, it's amazing how, how different Africa is. People just see it as somewhere hot. But uh, it, it it has so many variations. And, and personally, I believe the Okavango Delta is Africa's best kept secret. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those last unspoiled parts of Africa, as you were saying, that isn't overfilled with, with uh, people. In fact, Neil, my son, during COVID, went right up to the top of the Delta and they rode down through the delta back down to mound about five or six of them uh -huh. and he he was saying that they were coming across tribes who really have not been out of that tribal area very much uh -huh. and uh i mean where does that happen that easily and where you can do that that safely um yeah. And and that is what the Delta is all about, and and the way it floods and and so on. So, yeah, I, I so agree. I, 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 apart from some very um, lesser known parts of Kenya that I love going to because there aren't so many people. Mm -hmm. um, Botswana and the, the the especially the Delta is my next favorite. So I I so am in line with you. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, out of all those, so if we take Kenya and Tanzania and and Botswana, I know there's a, a part of you that loves to be adventurous and push us off outside the comfort zone. Do you want to share with us some of the things you've you've done in pushing yourself outside that comfort zone in your travels? Oh, uh, sure. Um, I, I, I mean, some uh, some of it, um, I think, 
you know, I don't think, uh, didn't think of it really specifically as, oh, let's do something that's a new challenge. But when I look back after, you know, after several years, I say, oh, yeah, that's sort of like what you do. Uh, when we were younger and I was much more fit than I am now, uh, we used to hike a lot. Um, we drive uh, every vacation we could. We would drive out west from Pennsylvania, where I live, uh, and go backpacking. Uh, and you know, we'd go into the backcountry for six or seven days at a time. Uh, and you know, that was both a physical challenge uh, as well as a little bit of a safety challenge because you know, there's bears and things like that. Um, but just you know, to see if we could do it. Um, I guess another challenge is I'd always wanted to learn to sail. Um, and my husband, Mike, was a little reluctant because he'd uh, suffered from a car sickness when he was a child. And he said, oh, no, I could never get on a boat. Um, but when we were in our 40s, our son was eight years old, uh, we booked a few chartered sailing trips uh, for a few days in the, in, uh, the Caribbean. Uh, and we liked it so much that we said, we're going to learn how to sail. So we all went to sailing school together at Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, and a, a few years later, we were able to charter boats on our own. Uh, and uh, wow. then went, you know, some more exotic places. I think our biggest, uh, not that Greece is exotic, but um, we went sailing in Greece with our son. That was our probably our most far-flung family trip that we did sailing. Um, so you sailed from the States to Greece or you no, went, went to Greece no. and hired a boat? We, we flew to Greece and then we, we you know, chartered, rented a sailboat um, and sailed around the Cycladius Islands. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Um, my Greek is... <laughs> off but that was a wonderful time that that really was a wonderful time wow um and then oh, i gosh. guess as i've got as we've gotten older um and uh, my husband and i are both retired now uh we decided that we wanted to start this is about a decade or so ago that we wanted to try to go to uh, places where it was a bit strenuous still, a bit far flung. Um, you know, maybe you have to travel two days to get there or something. Uh, and, you know, we've done trips to Patagonia and Chile, and Chile uh, it, to the Amazon. Uh, we just came back from the Pantanal in Brazil, which is a big wetland. Um, we went to Myanmar, luckily, before um, the coup closed it back down. Uh, so, you know, those places, I think, push you out of your comfort zone in a different way. Um, you know, sometimes you won't know the language. Uh, the food is unusual. Um, the accommodations in some of the more remote places uh, aren't the Ritz. Uh, and so you have to be prepared for that. Um, and you know, most of them involve, you know, hiking or uh, other things or boating that is just, I find a lot of fun. And I, I consider that outside my comfort zone as well. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, absolutely. I think for anybody, anything that you're not used to like that, especially as it's so remote, it can feel like in that isolation, you haven't got that backup and support that you're used to and you're not sleeping on a bed that's your normal bed or, or exactly. your, your standard bed and, and so on. Uh, and the unpredictability of that can be quite challenging as, as much as it's, it's stimulating. And often it's only, I don't know if you've noticed that, it's only when you get back home you go, oh, actually, that was quite good. But whilst you're there, you're going, mm, um, yeah, no, yeah, no. And it, it, it takes, in hindsight, to go, actually, that was amazing. Exactly. Have you found that? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, and sometimes the other way, it's like, oh, my God, what were you doing? But <laughs> um, <laughs> a good example of like, you know, really being in a place where, you know, while we were there, um, we went on, a, we've been to India uh, a couple of times, but we went once specifically on a tiger safari we wanted to see tigers so we mostly went to national parks and we went to a fairly off the beaten track one and stayed in very you know uh, basic a, a basic hotel but the boys who and they were young boys who were on staff at night as it got dark they would walk around the grounds with sticks pounding them on the ground. And so we asked, well, why are they doing that? And it was to scare away the leopards. <laughs> and these giant uh, beasts, uh, like uh, bison type things called gowers, I think it's G-U-A-R, that like would wander through the camp. And uh, we thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> we are really out in the wild here. <laughs> really remote. And did you get to see your tigers? We did. We saw lots of tigers. It it, it was pretty amazing. Um, tigers oh, are. Wow. Uh, we saw one in in Rathambore Park, which is a more um, commonly visited park in Rath. I can't say it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to say the place. Rathambore is the name of the park, though. Um, and. Um, the we were alone in a little a, a little jeep that we were in open completely open and we watched this tiger and she walked toward us and walked right by us and they are just enormous uh it, you know their their <laughs> their uh, feet are like dinner plates uh and you just think oh my god these are really lethal creatures but they're habituated in that park, at least, to people being around. Uh, as long as you stay in the in the Jeep, yeah. Uh, yeah. Th they would find the guides if the guides even let us out of the Jeep on the road, apparently. Wow. Gosh, that must have been quite something. And, I, you know, a, a photograph never gives it credit. I don't know if you find that, too. You, you take a photograph of of your tiger next to you dinner plates and it just looks like a tiger next to your vehicle yeah it's really difficult to capture the essence of that i agree i agree i mean the whole yeah. you know experience your heart's pounding a little bit because you're a little afraid but you're also excited about to be that close to a tiger um you yes. know I, 
I find the same thing, do you, about landscapes where you, and, and my husband yes. and I do photography. There, the, in fact, some of those pictures are in my travel books, but they just never quite do it justice, especially the more majestic the scene that you're looking at, the less able, uh, it seems like we are able to capture the beauty of it in a, in a photograph. Yeah, it marginalizes it in a photograph and it just looks like a vista. But you can't capture the smell, the sounds, the essence, the atmosphere in, in a photograph, not even in a video. It, just, it, it takes being there. Uh, I was just saying, uh, Dr. Jacqueline mentioned that I recently got married a few weeks That's ago good. and we... Thank you. And uh, a, a few friends and family who'd never been to Kenya before, we took them up north to Lake Baringo. I don't know if you've been to Lake Baringo, but the lakes are, are I, I don't know if you also know this, the lakes in the Rift Valley are all increasing in water. And there's no real reason for them. Uh, they think it's the tectonic plates shifting and underground water coming up. But all, all the lakes have been flooding steadily over the last 10 years. So the island that I have gone to for years and years and years is disappearing. And it used to accommodate 50 people. And it's now down to 18, one tent and, and six rooms. And um, it's, it's so it, it, the, the Ingemps tribe are part of that area and it's lovely and remote and you feel as though there's not uh, it's just an amazing amazing place but to try and describe it to anybody is just not the same when family and friends got there because we we were given the whole island to ourselves oh, to take a boat from the from from the mainland over to the island and there's a resident chef so you take all your food with you and he cooks it for you which is rather mm -hmm. nice but the, the the sights the sounds the smells the sound of africa the silence the, or the waves of, of the lake as the wind came up at night you just can't capture it until you're there because all of them went you told us about it but it's nothing like you told us Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and even the Okavango is the same. You, until you're in in the Okavango itself and you're watching it perhaps flood when you get there um, mm -hmm. in the flooding time and you're watching it flood day by day and these animals who are just so used to wading through water and the lechwa and all that, you can't, yeah. you can't tell anybody till they've been there. I know. And, and in fact, uh, my husband and I have gotten to the point where we actually really like it when somebody knew, uh, who's never been to Africa uh, or other places, too, but especially Africa, who's never been there, goes along with us on a trip. And um, it, it's it's almost as fun to relive that first uh, sort of awakening to, to uh, all the animals and the, the whole atmosphere along with somebody as it is to do it yourself for the first time. Not quite, but but we really like yes. to see new people. But it, it is. 
so true because you relive it again and you relive their their excitement becomes a memory of your your excitement and it's just amazing uh, I, I just love it so what I also wanted to ask you is do you have some funny moments I'm sure in your memoirs there are times where where strange and funny things have happened in your travels uh, well I I can think of one that falls a little bit into your um, your idea of uh, th things change after you get home, the way you have your perspective on it. So I can say it's funny now, but we stayed in a, a, a lodge. Uh, it was, I guess, individual rooms, but they were um, part tent, part, part stucco uh, in a place in Uganda. Uh, and they said when we checked in, well, to be careful about the monkeys. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we were, uh, but uh, we had a mix-up, I guess, with some food that was in our room. We, we thought it was going to be picked up. It didn't get picked up, uh, when, and we went out on a, a game drive uh, as scheduled. And when we came back, uh, they told us that we might not be happy when we went back to our room. And it had been completely trashed by these vervet monkeys who'd just pried open a screen, um, gotten in. Um, they, uh, th they went through our stuff. They used our toothbrushes. <laughs> But the weirdest thing was they stole my husband's pills. And so yes. we are out in the middle of, you know, sort of nowhere. We could They gave us toothbrushes. They gave us toothpaste. You had to wonder if maybe they had them on hand because this had happened before. But he, he ended up following a trail of pills out onto the rocks behind our little cat. And while these monkeys sat up in the trees going, rah, 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 <laughs> he picked up all his like blood pressure medicine. And he wondered, did how many, you know, did they lose any monkeys that day because they opened <laughs> <laughs> We had. That, that is, uh, you know, that is so funny. I, I, I think monkeys have an intelligence beyond our, oh. our reasoning. Uh, because we had the same with my mother. We went up north to Samburu. I don't know if you've been to Samburu yes, in Kenya. Yes, we've been there, yeah. And they did the same with us. They got into my mum's medicine, medicine supply. Oh. She was on antibiotics, but they ate them there and then, and we were trying to work out what oh, these no. monkeys were going to be cured of and we had to bring in more uh, antibiotics but they also it was in the days when you still had rolls of film these monkeys mm -hmm. took those those rolls of film and were just going zoom. And, and so all all the pictures we'd taken they oh. knew how to pull out the film uh, where do they get that education from it's like Whoa, especially velvet monkeys. They're, they're yeah. incredibly yeah. intelligent. So <laughs> I love yeah. that one. That is yeah, so we, funny. We, we were on a tour once in, in Kenya. Um, at uh, I guess it was on the Masai Mara where the 
the woman in who was traveling alone, she was in the tent next, I mean, as part of our group, but um, she was in the tent next to ours. And two different times we heard her screaming <laughs> because she left chocolate out uh, and they opened up the zipper, uh, which they told us if you're going to have a, you know, you need to lock the, the little, use the little lock in, on the bottom of the zipper when you're in the tent or outside the tent or they'll get in. But they had come in uh, and just two different times. Uh, she finally, I guess, put it away somewhere where they couldn't get it, but um, they were attracted to the chocolate. So it's, uh, I, I guess it's all over the place. The monkeys have gotten very smart in they Africa. Have. Ultra, ultra intelligent. Maybe, maybe antibiotics has something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the medicine they're getting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We, we had a, a, a similar, um, when I was a child, we used to go and stay at a place called Bushwhackers on, on the banks of uh, the Tana River when I was uh, a, a child. And one time we had a, somebody who'd come out and was dead scared of snakes. And it was a long drop toilet. We were in um, sand floors. Just the floor was sand and bamboo, split bamboo walls and uh, palm tree leaf roofs. And that, that mm -hmm. was where we slept. But you had to go out to the similar, to a long drop to use a toilet. And this, this chap got, a, um, got diarrhea one night. And uh, he had, because he refused to go to the toilet at night because of snakes. So he had to go and he went there. And he sat on the on on the makeshift toilet, and suddenly he suddenly got king on his one buttock, and he came out screaming. And we got the torch, and there were two marks on on his buttocks. Oh, no. And now we, people are trying to find not me. I was a child trying to find the <laughs> snake that had bitten him, uh -huh. and it turned out to be a cockerel on the toilet that just went. <laughs> oh, it's, it was a. <laughs> So it wasn't a snake at all, but he nearly had a heart attack. And in fact, he was lying there going, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And oh, no, we finally he said, actually, it's just a cockerel that's, no, I'm going to die. <laughs> that's how powerful the brain is. Exactly. Um, oh, my word. Yeah, so... In going back to uh, the Okavango, uh, if this is your what, how many times have you been to the Delta? Oh, I think maybe four times. No, this will be the okay. fifth. Okay. Yes. This is your fifth time. Yeah. And do you go to a different part of the Delta each time or do you have your favorite camp or what do you do? We try to do a little of both. Um, this time, with this trip, we're actually going to go to Namibia first because we've never been to Namibia. Um, and then we're spending some time, like, right in the Delta. Like, um, one of the camps that we really love is called Vimbura, Vimbura Plains. Um and we're sorry, going... you broke up. It's called what? Vumbura Plains. Um, Vumbura Plains. Is that a wilderness? Yes. Is that wilderness? Yeah. 
we like wilderness safari um it's i, I don't that's know that's who my son neil was with by the way oh, wow. seriously i wonder yes Did, do you know neil steedman neil steedman no but i have met through um through our trips i went to the office in mon um, because our, our last trip that we were there in 2019, uh, we had a, a wilderness guide um, for a small group, and we were had to wait to catch a plane in Mon. And so we trundled across the street to the Mon office of wilderness. Uh, and so it's possible I met your son then, because I actually... Yes. That uh, you know, he Dave uh, Luck introduced us to all the staff there, uh, and uh, they. This was also when I was doing the research for my book, my fifth book, the one in Africa, based in Africa, the suspense called Dead on the Delta, uh, and Wilderness was so the the company was so helpful to me. Um, they arranged some time for me to spend with a lion researcher. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we spent almost a month there, um, when I was wow. doing that research. So that's amazing. And I have, I've been to Little Vambura, so I know exactly why you love it. And, um, what about it you, you think is, I mean, you, again, you can't describe it when yes. this, this little island filled with animals, uh, it's mm -hmm. just amazing. Yeah. I, I. I mean, when you can, um, we stayed at different parts of the camp because we've stayed there a couple of times. But the one time we had a little plunge pool with our room, which was very nice for the hot days. But you could just like sit or stand in this plunge pool and watch elephants that were no more than like five, 10 feet away. And they just yeah. ignored us, you know, they were grazing. But, you know, there you are in your quote room uh, and you've got elephants right outside the door. So yes, uh, that's yes. true of a lot of camps, but it was uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. It, it's the most inspiring way of being able to be up so up close and personal, but not be in danger. It's 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 the bestest. Mm -hmm. I think I just love it. Love it. So, uh, in terms of where to now, what are your future novels going to include in terms of your travels? Do you know? Do you have a plan? Do you have another uh, novel in the pipeline? Well, um, the right. I've been spending a lot of time recently on these travel memoir series that just came out, and the first one called "Beyond the Sunset." uh subtitled adventures outside my comfort zone um that is already out and in stores online you know you can get it anywhere um the second week in december the volume two comes out which is also called beyond the sunset but that's subtitled expanding my horizons so actually i'll you know for those who are watching here's the beyond the sunset the one that's out now the second one has oh, a has a photo of uh, Buddha, Buddha from um, Burro Burdur in Java. 
So when those are uh, sort of wrapped up, I'm already thinking, boy, someday maybe I could even write a third one. But instead, um, I have a lot of Alexa Williams fans from my suspense series, and they've all been saying, well, when is the next book coming out? Because I left the last one with a cliffhanger of, of sorts, uh, and I'm working on that now. Uh, so it will be, though not... Um, it, uh, somewhere else it will be back here in south central pennsylvania um completing sort of a arc from a, an earlier story uh and then after that who knows uh when i originally wrote the uh the first alexa williams uh i just liked the title dead of autumn uh and then i did dead of summer dead of spring dead of winter suddenly i'd run out of seasons <laughs> And so that was one. Of the, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> so, Stop making them up. <laughs> so I called the next one dead on the Delta and said it in the Okavango. Um, I don't know what I'm going to call the next one, but I, you know, certainly the world's out there. So I could send her on more trips and, you know, use other country names as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. What I mean to get away from your your travel side. What was the allure to doing suspense uh, novels? What 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 got you into that particular genre of writing? Well, you know, I like we talked about earlier. I was I've always been a big reader um, and read all sorts of different kinds of books. I was a, an English made, one of my majors in college was English. And so I read, you know, all the classics, I think in, in college, or at least most of them. But when I read for fun, and especially during my working years, when I really just wanted a break from the hustle and bustle, I would always turn to mystery and suspense. And so when I sat down to write a book, it's like, well, that's what I like to read the most these days. Why don't I, I write a suspense novel? And, uh, you know, when I first tried to do it, it was just to see if I could actually write a book that I'd been thinking about for a long time and get it published. And when lo and behold, that happened, um, I just, I, I like the character. I like the, the whole genre of suspense. And so I just have continued to stay with that. Except yeah. for the war. And and when you've written them, have you had to do lots of rewrites and had a lot of editing done, or did it just flow? Oh uh, no, it, it it's it's a process. Uh, the first book, especially, was a learning process, and I probably edited and re-edited that myself even more than I needed to. Uh, but they, they, they've all involved a certain amount of research, even though I often write about things I know, uh, once you actually write about them, you feel you have to really make sure that, you know, you're accurate about everything that you think, you know, um, and then there's some things, uh, like one book is about fracked fracking, you know, the extraction of natural gas. Well, I had to learn about the mechanics of that, for instance. So there's a research part, there's the writing part and the rewriting. Um, and it also involves, I usually have a group of uh, 
uh, friends and uh, family who volunteer to be uh, beta readers. It's called in the in the business where it's a, a draft that's almost ready to go, but you want other people to read it. Uh, that turn turns out to be very helpful because you often find things that you knew what you were writing about, but once they read it, they have no idea what you no meant. No idea. So it yeah. gives you a chance to clarify. Then it goes to my publishers. Uh, and then um, it gets edited by my publisher. I have a wonderful editor, uh, Jen Capella, who's written, who's edited every one of my books. Um, she and I go through three or four rounds before they're ready to go to print. So. I can I can only imagine. But what I'm hearing all the time is how much fun it's it's been for you. That it's more fun than it is. A, a job or yes. a piece of work uh, and and i believe that that's why you've been able to to write so many because it, it, it's more like you're doing something you truly love than a, a job of work would I, you say probably right yes uh, my yeah. jobs over the years especially my earlier ones involved a lot of writing but that was technical writing um uh, a whole different, you know, style. Uh, but I yeah. always like words, writing, reading. And now that I'm retired, um, it's just fun. It's 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 like a hobby, but it's a little more than a hobby. It's turned into more than a hobby, actually. So wow, yeah. wow. Um, Sherry, I'd love you to share with us your most spiritual moment in all your travels that moment where you went this is it this i will never ever ever forget that i'm sure you've had many but the one that really stands out the most for you what would that be that that's that's a hard question um i would say i really relate to nature uh and uh, I'm not sure this is the most, but it's probably one of the most, is uh, I'll give you two because they're very similar. When we were, um, I don't know, probably in our 20s and we're doing the backpacking out west thing, um, I remember one night we were sitting on a hill uh, in Montana. And, you know, they call Montana big sky country. Uh, and really, the, the the skies do seem endless, but of course, it's mostly because there's no cities to to offer light pollution or anything like that. And you know, just sitting there on the top of the hill, nothing around but sky, it just felt like um, you know we were almost in the you know merging with the sky. And uh, it's I'm not a, a person who has any formal religion anymore, but um, I do believe that you know th there's a there's something about nature that is worth relating to and is important. And really, it's we wouldn't be here if the earth wasn't there to sustain us uh, and to. Uh, and I think we should treat the earth <laughs> very gently because of that. We often fail on that occasion, but just sitting there, uh, it, it just almost felt like, uh, 
I don't know, I don't want to be trite, but you know, you, you almost merge with the universe. Um, and a similar time uh, in the Kalahari Desert, uh, we were staying in a place, Kalahari Plains Camp, where they have roofs on the top of the little uh, huts that you stay in, the little tent uh, areas you stay in. And the staff put um, a mattress up there and we spent the night on top of the roof. Uh, and it just felt like we were in the sky um, and the Milky Way, because there's no light pollution for hundreds and hundreds of miles, uh, you know, and you just sit there and you contemplate the stars. And I always think there's no way we're the only uh, living beings in this vast, vast world. Uh, and to me, that's spiritual in a, in a way. Yeah, I love that. I think you've actually what you've done in words now is captured what we were saying a photograph and not even a video can. Okay. Oh. And that's why I, I guess a book and wordsmithing is so, so much more powerful, really. Words really do something on a spiritual level when you capture the essence in those words of whatever it is. And that's what you just did. I could just see it. I had a similar thing in the Kalahari under the stars. Uh, we were camping, mm -hmm. um, actually camping our own tents put up oh, in the middle that's... of the Kalahari. It, and we had a special concession to do it not many people could do it so mm -hmm. as I was there I was going thank you thank you thank you and they put up a makeshift shower with canvas and it was a full moon night oh. and a bucket a heated bucket of water mm -hmm. overlooking the Kalahari plains with lions in the moonlight just over there and here I was showering under this moon and you just, as you say, the sky and the stars and the Milky Way, you can see clearly. Yeah, and amazing. that's what I heard from mm -hmm. what you were saying from the Kalahari. Just so beautiful. Sherry, it's been such an honor and, and pleasure to, to share this show with you and to get your accounts. And uh, I'm just so in awe in all the, of all that you've done. Uh, most of my travels have been in, in Africa, really, and it's really like a huge wow that you've managed to get to where you are and really in awe. And thank you for sharing your time with us. I'd love our listeners and viewers to know how to either get hold of you or to get hold of your Beyond the Sunset book. Uh, do you want to share with people where they can go to get get your suspense novels and your and your memoirs? Oh, sure, I'd be happy to. Um, and and thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, the my my books are all um, uh, sort of wherever books are sold, uh, at least in the United States uh, and um, most English speaking countries, and wherever. There's Amazon, which I think is almost everywhere these days. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, they can be, uh, they're in bookstores, can be ordered if they're not on the shelf. And then there's uh, Amazon and lots and lots of online retailers. But um, you can always go to check more uh, out about the books at my website, which is 
www.sherrynolton, and that's S-H-E-R-R-Y-K-N-O-W-L-T-O-N, sherrynolton.com. Wow. Thank you, Sherry. And as we as we step out of this show, is there anything you'd like to ask or share as we end off? Or do you feel we've covered it all? Oh, I, I think we've covered quite a bit, especially about Africa, um, you know, and the, we could probably talk for just as long about, I, at least I could, about other places in the world as well. But I guess my uh, sort of message, I guess, if you want to call it, and one of the reasons I wrote the travel books is I really want to encourage people to travel. Um, I think travel just opens the door in life. And I know that not everybody is inclined to travel. I know that um, there can be economic, family, lifestyle considerations that make it difficult. Um, but uh, my husband and I were traveling when we barely had a dime, two dimes to rub together. Uh, so, you know, there's all sorts of different types of travel you can do. But I think if more people traveled, we'd have a lot less strife and stress in the world because the more you're out there and get to meet people in different countries, different cultures, we found out that the more we are the same at heart. Uh, and I think travel is the key to that discovery. And I really encourage everybody to get in the car, walk on your feet, get on a plane and go travel. You, you won't regret it. I so agree. I believe it opens hearts. Yeah, that's a it great opens way. Hearts. It really is. And uh, to end off our show today, um, it is nearly nine o'clock at night here in Kenya. So I'm going to say my your favorite Swahili phrase to you, which is Lala Salama. Oh, Sleep well. Lala Salama. <laughs> Salama. And if I carry on a little bit more to Anana Tena, which is I will see you again. And Sherry, I look forward so much to chatting you with you some more. Um, I, I'd love to to share some more and uh, um, see what we can do with with these travels a little bit more. So let's have another chat in in the next while. But okay. in the meantime, again, thank you so much for joining us today. So lovely to have met you and to have shared with you today. Has I really enjoyed the show. Thank you. And it's our okay. chat. <laughs> Lots Bye. of love. Bye. <laughs>